1: Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly podcast, the EPL show with myself, Harry Simeon, and these two legends who have had a cracking uh, weekend. And we've got a midweek round of fixtures to look ahead to as well. Uh, joining me, Nigel Seeley. How are you, sir? Very well, Harry. Very well. Good week in the Premier League. Uh, good back to back weeks in the Premier League. Really, really good. Um,
0: hopefully, lots of people are getting lots of money. Uh, a lot of people have been reaching out, some fantastic views. and. Downloads as well on the YouTube channel, as well as the, the all the different podcasts. So a lot of people are following us now because we're doing all right. And uh, hopefully these people are cashing
1: lots of money and uh, all, everyone's all good. So hopefully we can continue that run into the midweek as well. Long may it continue. Also joining us as normal, uh, Mr. Jack Wright. How are you? Good weekend? Very good, mate. Yeah. Excellent weekend. Thank you. Uh, hanging on to
2: Nigel Seeley's coattails, just, you know, chipping in with a couple of wins. But um, yeah, I'm... I'm l- Trying my best for that clean sweep as well. We're, we're very, very much battering on that door, so um, no, no time to rest, is it? Here we go again, straight in this
1: week. That's it. And it's how been, are you? Uh, look, uh, that's why I love Jack. Oh. He always asks how I am. I'm good, Jack. I had a stressful <laughs> afternoon watching Arsenal yesterday, but uh, mm-hmm. we got there. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. good. I'm happy. And uh, looking forward to the uh, upcoming action. Uh, Let's have a quick check-in on the uh, Betting Weekly Handicappers League table. Now, I was teasing Nigel in the last show about the uh, EPL position. He talked about maybe being in a Champions League spot uh, come this time in the week. But instead, they've moved up to second. Look at that. The EPL show on plus 4.79 units. At closing in on the league and lads who have been flying so far this season. Go on, Nigel. Have a little gloat. Well, mate, to be fair, I didn't expect anything less, really, to be honest with you. We, we, were, the, we were the
0: odds-on favourites to win this at the beginning, you know? So, it's just... And you've got to remember as well, we started, we gave everyone an 8-unit head start. We were not 8 at the beginning. They still can't pull away. So, you know, it's a trouble. When you've done it as many years as I have, mate, you, you know, you take runs, you take good runs, but... We'll win this. We'll win it easy. We'll win it in the canter. I think we'll have it. I think we'll wrap it wrapped up before the World Cup. That's I, I just I, I, I think it's, everyone's playing. For, 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 I don't think anyone's got the same power to stay the course. I've done it for twenty five years. These people have done it for twenty five minutes. We win this easy,
1: Jack. Yeah. Are we winning this?
0: Well, yeah. They mean
2: EFL lads look like a threat, but other than that, no. It's it's it's, uh, it's a coast. It's
1: in the I've bag. got to ask a question. Do I get a Premier League winner's medal, even though no. I'm not making the picks, if, no. if we win it? No. <laughs> no. no. We,
0: we, we look at it, your videos, your tips on your videos, and
1: certainly not, no. no. What am I at, like 50-50? I think, 50-50? Like You've only done one video. No, done two or three. No, no, I can't be 50-50. Well, can't I'm be three. Be, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So yes, that's why you're not getting a Premier yeah, League good, is not your strong
1: boy, Harry. No, it certainly isn't. That's why you guys uh, are the betting experts. Right, let's uh, dive into the midweek action. We'll start with you Nigel. Um Newcastle United take on Everton. Uh, Newcastle United getting a, a decent result at Old Trafford yesterday, maybe could have got more. I don't I don't know. What do you think uh, of their game coming up with Everton?
0: Yeah, I think that was a a game that looked like it was gonna be a nil-nil game, you know, through in play. If you were looking at the game, nil-nil was probably gonna be a decent play if you got it to about the half an hour mark. Uh, Man United created lots of chances, couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Ronaldo was substituted. Newcastle created some chances, but again couldn't convert. Um, I think Man- Newcastle will be very happy with a nil-nil draw, and surprisingly, I think Manchester United will be quite happy with a nil-nil draw. Suddenly, how Newcastle has become quite a hard side to beat and how Manchester United expectations have dropped in recent uh, months. Um, Newcastle just keep drawing a lot of games though, don't they? They're the they draw, they draw specialists in the, in the Premier League. They've drawn was it, six games now. Only lost one of the 10 matches, which is on a par with everyone in the Premier League, the best sort of record for losses in the Premier League. Um, and they're still unbeaten at home and their home record is, is good. Their last home match, we bet them to beat Brentford and we had an easy, easy win in minus 125 to win that. Uh, and my point here is I think that uh, the bookmakers haven't really reacted too much to that home form and what we're seeing from Newcastle currently. Um, when I do these picks, minus 150 is usually my sort of highest point or my lowest point, whichever way you want to come at it, in terms of um, how low I would go down in the betting. So um, this is probably be right on the, on the cusp of where I would bet them or not. But I still think in Newcastle at minus 150 to beat Everton, at St. James's Park is, is value. Um, Everton, I still think they're going to finish near the bottom and then sort of mid table of the Premier League. I think they'll be sort of in the bottom six. Uh, they've lost their last two after a decent little run they had there. And I don't know whether they've been the betting experts, the bookmakers, whether the players, whether the Everton fans have been lulled into a full sense of security about their performances. But I think they're back to reality now with, with two defeats. Um, they were clearly second best against Tottenham. Tottenham soaked up anything they had to offer. And the one thing that Everton really do lack is a cutting edge up front. I mean, they're still about They haven't replaced Carlison. calvert Lewin is still, you know, never not the player he was. I mean, you talk about it what sort of two or three years ago. calvert Lewin, and we had his problems with injuries, but he was the guy who was going to be the replacement for for Harry Kane. You know that, and we talking of him going into bigger and better things. His career has gone backwards. Know, obviously, he suffered from injuries, but. Everton don't offer any goal for it. The one thing they are is, is pretty solid at the back. As we've said before, Tarkovsky and Cody are quality uh, defenders, but they're not exciting. And I feel that Newcastle at home are now become a, an exciting option. They've got attacking flair. A lot all, I think the majority of this team now is back fit, Newcastle. And I think at home, they're a tough match for anybody, as we've seen already in the season when they played Manchester City and should have won that game. Uh, And and got pegged back to a 3 3 draw in in what was the best game in the Premier League this season. So I feel Newcastle will win this. Um, uh, Everton aren't as good as what the the betting, the bookmakers are offering here, and Newcastle probably are a little bit better than what they are. I would expect this money to come for Newcastle. And I think the minus one hundred and fifty may be under pressure, but I think Newcastle will win. I was looking at Newcastle to win to nil, to get a little bit of uh, extra juice in our odds, but when I broke down the Everton matches, they do tend to score, especially on the road. They do they do get the odd goal here, and I think they've scored in every one uh, road game barring one. So I am just going to keep it very simple: Newcastle to beat Everton minus one hundred and fifty. We're in the we we're, we're we're in the the top end of the table now. We just hold on to our points, moving on steadily. We don't have to be, you know, we don't have to go for like uh, three-pointers in, in in the NBA. Just get penalties, get that one point, ticking over, Newcastle minus 150. Nice start, winner to
1: start the midweek. Brilliant. Uh, let's come over to you, Jack. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm, um, yeah. When I look at this game, I know what I'm thinking. So uh, tell the listeners uh, okay. what you've got.
2: Yeah, well, interesting to know what you think. But um, this game screams, give me the sat-nav postcode for Ikea. That's what it screams.
0: It's not far um, from Crystal Palace. If <laughs> you're going to Crystal- the Ikea I go to is about two miles from Crystal Palace off the Pearly Way. So you can go there before you go to the match. Perfect. Or you can go there, go to the match and then... Go to IKEA. Two miles. Away. I think I'll go, go straight
2: to IKEA. To, Ikea, to be fair, I, I watched that Palace game at the weekend, and I did tweet it was a tough watch, and uh, that was being kind. It was a uh, it was dreadful game um, at Leicester. We obviously managed to pick up a small win on that because of the fact we had a plus handicap, but um, both sides kind of lucky to get nil. Really, to be honest with you, um, just one shot on target from from Palace. Um, their their key players just didn't come to the party at all. Um, Zaha was. Anonymous out on the on the left-hand side kind of just had a very, very poor game. Eze kind of was the only one, maybe the odd flash of, of, of what he could offer from time to time, some neat control and bits and pieces. But Edouard was frustrated up front. He was feeding off scraps and um, iu had probably one of his worst games out on the other side. So um, not a lot to get excited about there as far as they're concerned. Um 47 games since the start of last season now for under under Vieira. And that's their sixth nil-nil. And no side, believe it or not, has had more nil-nils than them. And um, more than half their games, they've now had less than 10 shots in it. So it shows you that they're not creating enough, regularly enough. Um, And, you know, they are having to kind of rely on someone like Zaha being... Kind of pretty good as far as having a chance and scoring it. And that, that said, that it's just not not really firing. They've had a tough run of, the, of games, and I thought let's say at the weekend when they're up against someone a little bit weaker, then they'd um, they'd, they'd be able to raise up and uh, and start a bit of a climb up the table. But that wasn't say wasn't pretty at the weekend, which kind of then looked made us look at. What they got during the week oh look it's Wolves happy days what can we do with that so um, all those stats don't bode well for the fact that um, it is Wolves now and we all know well about them although they scored at the weekend didn't they so scored a penalty so the, the the dizzy heights of four goals they've now got this season so as I said it was a penalty so you know you can't really kind of legislate for the fact that they're still not um, creating chances in open play relying on a pen one of two shots on target again. So um, again, I tweeted like, obviously Nigel picked up that nice win at the weekend on the halftime draw. No shots on target from them, no shots on target for their um, opponents who who ended with two uh, shots on target. And it's like, they don't create any, they don't tend to let too much happen at the other end. And, and a mixture of these two sides just screams unders for me. Um, and that, that was a very understandably very low price. So, I've gone both teams to score no in it to get a backable prize. I was pretty surprised that I could just do a straight-up bet on that at minus 124. Um, It's certainly got history in this game. Um, Both teams to score no has landed in all the last six meetings. Um, We all know Wolves says their away performance is concerned. One goal in uh, all their away games so far uh, in the league this season and none in any of their last four, um, and say so both in school, no, as landed in eight of the last nine between the two sides. So uh, that run's going to continue, and we'll pick up a win at minus 124. Another free throw to jump on the back of the uh, NBA link.
1: Brilliant. Um, Nigel, you've got a pick in this same game as well. It's the trademark Nigel yeah. Sealy pick. I'm sure yeah. people can guess what it is, but... <laughs> yeah. Fire. Well, away.
0: Mate, it's, it, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? I mean, wolves to be drawing at <laughs> half time. I mean, I I got I can't keep giving you all the stats. I can't keep going on giving you all the records. And the bookmakers pay no attention. Um we just give it the breakdown again. Uh 23 games last season out of 38 where wolves are drawn at half time. This season, 10 already this season, five games that wolves are drawn at half time. So that's 28 matches. Uh, in third in forty eight games, which is r- roughly around about a minus one seven five chance, you can get plus one fifteen. You get plus money every week on this market. Now that doesn't uh, I, the, the, the thing about that stack. It doesn't take into account these sort of games where two sides are very evenly matched, like Wolves and Crystal Palace in that mid table, which even rates it even higher to around about a minus two fifty shot. Goes, the percentage goes up to 70 if you take away games against Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. It even goes higher. I went back through this match, this fixture. They've played four times in the Premier League. Oh, this season, this season, Wolves are drawn five of the 10 games at halftime. Crystal Palace have drawn six of their nine games at halftime. So that's 11 draws in 19 games. So that equates to, again, minus 250, minus 270, that kind of price. The four times this fixture has been played in the Premier League, every single time there's been a draw at halftime, every single time at the four. And there hasn't been a goal in the first half in any of those four matches. Every single game in the four years in the Premier League that these two sides have met has been nil-nil at halftime in Crystal Palace against Wolves. This season, they're, 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 <laughs> their goal threat is worse than ever in those four seasons. So... Yeah you know um, Jack's just said you there you know the wolves haven't scored in their last four away games and only scored one goal on the road this entire season and crystal palace have been involved in more nil nil draws under the air in the same time span as anybody else so the goal threat from both sides is 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 less than it's ever been in the last 5 years and yet the draw at half time is plus 115 um it just it's just it's just a mathematical play every week i mean I don't I don't think I would play it if it went down to minus 125 even though I still think minus 125 is value. I don't think I'd actually play it. But every week when you're getting plus 115s, plus 120s, plus 125s, I mean you only need one like, you know, at plus money, it's very different play minus money. The mindset is very differently. And I just think that plus 115 again, it's the wrong price. So it, it's not original, but it's what's proved very profitable. Not only this season, but last season we'd done this podcast, didn't we? As well, Harry, and we must have pulled the bet up eight or nine times. And I think we cashed about six. And the three occasions that we didn't cash, we got done by goals in the injury time. <laughs> you know, we, what, we we didn't we didn't look like we were losing our bet with, with a two nil win. We got hmm. we got we got we lost by or a three nil win in the first half. We lost by a, a, an injury time goal at one nil. Wolves games just do not score, and if you're looking for a, you know, I'm not. This is not a, an official play, but if you're looking for a lean and you want a bit more juice in your price rather than take the plus one fifteen, you might, you might want to bet the two fifty or around that price. I haven't got the odds in front of me, but I would guess around about two fifty minus two plus two seventy. The game to be nil, nil nil at halftime because there isn't. There's not going to be many goals. There isn't going to be many goals in this, and um, obviously <laughs> it changes as well. The other thing I've got to say about these draw matches and when the games become more open. Is obviously don't do this bet seven games to go in the season where teams have much more played with much more freedom. Mm. But this is the this is the key time now, especially with a World Cup coming up. It's key time, you know. Cajuns, you don't want to be teams don't want to be falling into in relegation battles already this this season, and, and this is a key time. And goals are quite hard to come by at this part of the season. Usually, when November comes, goal statistics go up. So you September October goals are usually quite down. So I, I think this is just a just a mathematical play, and at plus one fifteen, I think it's a, a a cracking bet as well, and, and on the statistics as well. No goals in the four matches in the Premier League, at, in the first half ever between Crystal Palace and Wolves.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with with all of your reasoning there, and and as you guys have been making the IKEA pun. Ikea is going to be busy when this one comes (laughs) on. Because this is, uh, yeah, not the greatest game on paper. Uh, Jack, we'll come back to you, mate. Uh, Fulham take on Aston Villa. Um, How do you see this one going? I'm interested to get your take on this one.
2: Yeah, this is uh, another one where a side that has just underwhelmed me throughout the season so far and still appear to be, as far as I can make out, being a bit overvalued by the bookies. And I'm, I'm talking about Aston Villa there. And up against a Fulham side, I think that they're, um, they're underestimating uh, and they continue to do that. And they continue to play well and they continue to get some good results. Uh, obviously, he had Mitrovic back at the weekend. Our good friend Alexander Mitrovic came back back and scored a goal, albeit a penalty. So good confidence on, on that. He's seventh for the season in the league now. Five of those have come at home. So he's enjoying playing in front of his own, own fans. Obviously, they're... So um, he's a hero there with all the goals that he scored for him. So and he's continued to do that in the in the top flight, which is fantastic. I think it's quite a big thing for them at the weekend that they um they, they went behind after like a minute against Bournemouth, didn't they? So uh, what could be considered a, a bit of a big clash as far as um you know potential relegation issues and so on and so forth. But as um, say, as far as this one's concerned, I think that that it's good for Fulham that they've managed to come from behind and get a get a point. They'd lost the last 18 Premier League games where they'd gone behind. So it's given them that extra little bit of confidence that they can mix it in that top flight. And they obviously went behind twice in that game against Bournemouth. So good stuff there. They're solid at home. They dominated that particular game. Um, A little bit unlucky possibly not to have got, got the win, but had 19 shots. And twelve of those inside the box, which I think is quite a key thing. Sometimes you see the shot stats, and you go, "Oh, you know, they've they've had twenty shots, and it's been, uh, you know, they've been all over them, but they've they've all been from like thirty yards." So. They are creating chances. Last time I saw a full game for Fulham that was against Forest and they looked dangerous. They were they were said playing some nice stuff and, and created plenty and scored three that day. So I say against these sides in and around them, I think they more than hold their own. I've been impressed with Silver so far this season, what they've done. I've been impressed with what they've done as a team as far as creating and scoring chances concerned. They scored goals still when, when Mitrovic was out, he's now back, which gives them extra help. And um they're obviously up against this uh this Villa side that that just Aren't performing either end of the pitch at the moment. Um, when you look at the two sides, you've got you've got Fulham sitting quite nicely mid-table. There probably couldn't be any more mid-table there. Um, four points off the top five, four points off the bottom three. But I think they're in a nice solid position given the games that they've had and being you know new into the league again. Whereas again, you look at uh you look at um Villa and and they're just struggling and the pressure's on Gerard. It's been on him for a few weeks now. You're starting to see the videos doing the rounds on social media of of like them videoing him going off. They've made a big thing about that he's not not acknowledging the Villa fans. Um and and once you start getting that friction between the fans and and, and the manager and obviously then into the players as well, it's obviously never a good thing. Um I think they're again they they played quite well against Chelsea, but they showed where their weakness is. They can't score goals. We've talked about Wolves. With only four goals this season, Um Villa are the next worst. They've only got, they've only had seven. And when you look at the talent they've got in those forward areas, you think, how's that happened? It's just that they're not playing well enough, and they're not not clinical enough. And then at the other end, they're um, they're conceding city goals, defensive errors again. And you know, there's nothing worse is than you seeing your team kind of on the front foot, forcing the keeper to make two or three saves. And then your centre back goes up for a free header. The old fifty pence head comes out and it goes uh full straight to someone on the penalty spot who tucks at home, and you're you, you're up against it again. And and like the free kick, I think as well for the second goal for Chelsea. I don't know if Martinez said he it was swerving, but he seemed to like let let it go straight in. So it's all those sort of things that add up and uh, and, and say so just add add to the pressure. And I so say I think Villa are a better side at home and on the road. Um, no wins this season so far. Three goals con- scored that's all on the road. And, and you know, we saw them against Forrest in the, the last away game. And a better side would have put Forrest to the sword that night. And, and they just ain't got it in them at this moment to do it. I think we're waiting for t- a change there. Uh, as to when that will come, we'll see. But yeah, you know, hopefully, after another defeat here, I'm taking Fulham on a tie no bet. Uh, at plus money at plus 104 um i was tempted to go with a quarter goal handicap like we picked up a win at the weekend but um you know i feel that fulham have got enough in this enough firepower and so enough issues with villa to make make advantage of it and i'll I'll take the plus money with the safety net that if it does end in a draw we'll um we'll obviously get a full refund on that they've only lost once at home this season that was due to a red card at home to newcastle with a red card after eight minutes so um Keep eleven men on the pitch. Keep Mitrovic firing and fit, and uh, they can get a win here, and we'll get a nice return at plus money.
1: Nigel's old friend Alexander Mitrovic. Um, <laughs> we'll say that for another day. Let's uh, <laughs> let's come back to Nigel. Tottenham take on Manchester United in one of the standout games of this midweek round. I think it is the standout game. I, I, I think
0: um, I don't think it's going to be very pretty, though. I don't think it's going to be a great watch, but it is uh, is, is probably the best game as far as to the fashion biggest clubs. In action, planet have it would have been Man City, Arsenal, wouldn't it? I would been that would have been a huge game. What a match that would have been! But unfortunately, mm-hmm. we haven't got that. But um, so it's a Man good top level Man United game. I have got a, a play in it, and uh, I want to oppose Manchester United. Um, I, I'm just not; I'm far from convinced by Manchester United. I mean, they're, they're sitting in fifth in the Premier League, but on all the data and all the, the stats and, and what you see on they they're their a side that mid-table to me at the moment. Um, I think it's a false position. Obviously, Liverpool are going to climb up the division. Uh, I think Newcastle will be, Manchester United will be a quite a decent match bet to have. I think Newcastle could possibly beat Manchester United, but I'm not convinced by Manchester United. Already this season at home, they've been beaten by Brighton. I know it was on their first day of the season when they started off terribly. But since then, I mean, they were nil nil against Newcastle. Well, they didn't really, they played they a couple of chances, but couldn't convert. They struggled massively against Nicosia in the Europa League, created loads and loads of chances, so many, and then had to leave it to the 93rd minute, but they just couldn't score a goal they couldn't score a goal against real sociedad they lost 1-0 and that's a big big concern when you create as many chances as a club like manchester united do and they can't score the goals that is a big big problem and on the flip side you've got tottenham who don't create many chances but are clinical putting the ball in the back of the net with harry kane and, and son and obviously Ricardo and they've got his backup so that is a mixture up and that is a, this is this is where i sort of get into the debate with people about statistics and goal xg i mean i'm I do, I do use XG. I do use goal statistics, but people will look at the Manchester United States and go, well, look, they create 4.57, for 6.2 <laughs> chances and 3.6 chances. It means absolutely nothing if you've got a crap striker who can't put the ball in the back of the net. But you could create, look at Haaland or look at, look at, um, Peterborough, for example, in in, the, in his, they've got clinical striker who put the ball the chance conversion is massive, so it's all I think it, I think it's all about the, the stats on the actual players. Harry Kane has a lot has, has a chance. He, he ultimately scores. He's good from obviously penalty kicks as well. Song gets in a chance, he scores. Look at Ronaldo this season. His his conversion rate. Look at Marcus Rashford. They're, they're dreadful they are absolutely dreadful in their conversion. So you can have all the create all the chance in the world, but if your strikers lack in confidence, which Manchester United are, and there's clearly something going on with Ronaldo. When he was subbed again at the weekend, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes ago at home to Newcastle, you take Ronaldo off. There's there's a problem there, isn't it? You know why would Ronaldo come off in that game? You know, if you if you're three nil up, I, I get it. But if you if you're chasing the game and you're taking off Ronaldo, well, you've got you've got a problem.
1: And that chance that fell to Rashford, the headed chance, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo would have buried that with yeah. yeah. me. Yeah,
0: so I mean, there's obviously there's obviously some kind of problem. And and I think the the, the, the win against Liverpool and, and the win against Arsenal has papered the cracks over of what the real problem is at Manchester United. Manchester United to me are a million miles off the pace for the Premier League. You know, I what I feel about Tottenham, and I know, and I don't do it to wind you up but I think they're a great side I I, I forgive them in the result against Arsenal because Arsenal played brilliant and my opinion on Arsenal is changing week on week I, I never thought they would be able to sustain the pace and they've been put to the test in three or four different style matches and Arsenal have been brilliant they passed every test So when we speak about Arsenal the weekend but the market knows about Arsenal now so the lines I'm all about looking for value but I still feel Tottenham here are underrated I, I still believe they've got one of the best managers in the Premier League, uh, in the top three or four. I, I certainly believe that they've got a, an unbelievably good defence, incredibly good defence. I mean, one of the most improved defences in, in in the Premier League, uh, you know, if you forget about the performance against Arsenal. But since that performance against Arsenal, they, they've gone unbeaten in four matches and they've kept three clean sheets in their four games. And they've been clinical. They've been winning one 2 nil, which is very much unlike Tottenham. You know, Tottenham have never been in that kind of side. And I feel they're underrated here against uh, Manchester United. Old Trafford isn't a, a, a formidable place like it used to be, as we've seen. Brighton have won. Real Sociedad and Nikica here pushed them to the ninety-third minute. It's not, and it's been the odds have been reflected of like Manchester United being a side are title contenders, and, and and Tottenham are the underdogs here. I don't see Tottenham getting beat here. I really, I really don't. I think I think Man United are a, a, a very, very average side were massively, massively overrated by the bookies. And I'm going to go for the same line or the same market that Jack went on there for extra protection. And I'm going to go for the draw, no bet, or off scratch. In the American market is off zero if you look off scratch. And you know, I'm going to get with Tottenham at plus 115. Um, plus money, 115. If it's a draw, we get our money back. And if Tottenham win, we collect. Um, effectively, I'm, 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 I'm the bookmaker and, and taking a bet on, on Manchester United and, um, with a draw as my side. But I, I, I'm not convinced by Manchester United. I'm not convinced by the manager. I'm not convinced that they've got goals in them. I'm not convinced by the defence. I'm just—I just think they're a, a massively overrated side on the back of two wins with, with win against Arsenal, where Arsenal should have got a, got a, got a great chance and could have done better, and that massive win over over Liverpool where they just raised the game for a one-off. But um, Tottenham are much more consistent. Tottenham are much better in every area of the pitch. And to get um, plus 115 with the draw on
1: your side, um, I
0: want to be with Tottenham here.
1: Cool. Makes sense to me. Uh, Jack, let's come back to you uh, for the Mm. final pick of the show. Leicester City, a struggling Leicester City (laughs) against the Leeds United side that played very well yesterday, but unfortunately didn't get anything for it.
2: Unfortunately, not indeed. Yeah, um, well, look, I sat through that dreadful Leicester versus Palace game, so I had to make something out of it. And that's two bets that are gonna land. That's how it's gonna be. Um, so yeah, the other half of, of the duo, and um, it was interesting to see that Brendan Rodgers came out after the game and defended the owners. Um, I think he's defending his severance pay. That's what that is. He's it's that situation. Like I mentioned a little bit against Villa, we're waiting for something to happen there, we're waiting for this. All to end at Leicester, but it's who's going to blink first at this moment in time. Brendan Rodgers knows he's on for a huge payout if if he leaves or gets sacked. He's not going to walk away from that. Does he really want to be there? Body language and everything else would suggest that he doesn't really. Um, the players are kind of waiting for something to happen. The, the fans are like obviously wanting change, but the owners can't really afford to do it. So at some point in time, I think they're going to have to bite the bullet and they're going to have to say um, it's going to cost them a bit of money and, and they're going to move on because it's just not not looking right. It was such a poor, poor game. Um, they've now picked up five points from their opening 10 games and one win, and that was against Forest, as we highlighted in the last show unsustainable goals. They're all high-tariff goals. I went through them in detail last time around. I need to, to, to do it again, but they scored four and none of them really were what you'd classify as good chances. They just went in on the night. So um, nothing to worry about on that side of things. Um, and I said, I think the biggest concern probably after watching that game was that Brendan Rodgers actually came out and said that he thought his side played well. Um, I, I suggest they were marginally less bad than, than Palace, but I still wouldn't say that they played well. There, there was flashes, um, Harvey Barnes started the game quite well. Daco had the odd moment where he had a little bit of pace and you thought he's going to do something, then it just fell apart. And of course, James Madison was was the usual kind of heartbeat at, at the forefront of everything that they were doing that was decent. And um, he got booked, didn't he, in the last minute for a dive, and that meant he suspended for this game. And at that point in time, I pretty much wrote down, I was pretty much half committed to this bet at that point in time. No Madison here. He's had um, seven direct goal involvements from now, fifteen goals in the league so far this season, as well as, of course, being on all the corners all their free kicks. And if he might, doesn't play that final assist for a goal, he's more than likely been involved in the build-up and the move somewhere along the line. So he, again, he looked their main threat, and he'll be a huge loss here. Where they're going to actually going to get that creation from in this game, I don't really know. So as I said I was half. Committed to this bet just on the back of that. And then all I needed was Leeds to put up a, enough of a good show against Arsenal me to be fully committed to it, and I think they more than enough did that. Uh, and even say listening to some very staunch, passionate Arsenal fans, I think they give them enough credit to say that they uh, they they put up a very good show, went toe to toe with with the, the league leaders, of course, as they are. So I am taking Leeds. I'm taking them on a plus handicap. Um, again, I was well, do I go with a with a slightly uh, more aggressive play, but I've gone a bit safer. So we're taking plus half a goal at minus one thirty six. So. We've got the draw on our side with that bet as well, because um, Leeds still aren't quite the finished article to say the least. You know, um, Banford back obviously is a big thing. He did miss a penalty, of course, at the weekend, and but he looked a threat. They've still got Rodrigo Sinistera, looks like a fantastic player, full of life, loves a shot, um, creativity, a bit, a bit of a live wire. So, um, I think that, that this game against Leicester is a perfect Leeds game where. I was watching this Leicester defence kind of casually strolling about and playing balls across the back. They were getting away with it against Palace. They won't get away with it against Leeds because we know that they're intense. They'll press, they'll they'll force errors in that final third. And I don't think Leicester will be able to cope with that. And I think Le- Le- Leeds will take some chances. The other thing being, yeah, Leeds are a strong side at home. They get the fans up. Ellen Road's a hostile atmosphere. Leicester's the complete opposite of that at the moment. It's nervous. It's quiet. It's tense. It's, it's like... Leeds will kind of make that a little bit of a home game. Their, their away fans are going to go there. They're going to be singing. You are getting sacked in the morning, and all that kind of stuff. First goal will be crucial. Leeds get it, then that will that will turn toxic at, at the King Power. So I think it's a perfect opponent for them. I think they'll go there with confidence after a very good performance and an unlucky result with what happens uh, at Ellen Road against Arsenal. And um, uh, say if we, the fact that we can get the draw on side as well here looks good for me. Um, minus one thirty six for a half goal start for Leeds. That's the bet.
1: Brilliant. Those are all of our picks then for uh, this midweek round of fixtures. Let's quickly summarise. Uh, Nigel's gone for Newcastle to win versus Everton at minus 150. He's gone for Crystal Palace versus Wolves uh, to be drawing at half-time, the trademark Sealy bet. <laughs> I, I did
0: say in the piece it was plus 115 but it's actually plus 104 so it's my mistake. I was reading the uh, the odds for the Manchester United game when I said that but anything about plus money on that draw
1: is, is a fantastic price. Indeed it is. Uh, Tottenham draw no bet versus Manchester United at plus 115. Uh, Jack has gone for Crystal Palace versus Wolves. Uh, Both teams to score, no, at minus 124. Uh, Fulham draw no bet versus Aston Villa at plus 104. Leicester City versus Leeds plus a half a goal at minus 136 so those are the guys picks for this week's round of midweek Premier League action uh, really looking forward to it actually it gives us something to do doesn't it during the week <laughs> um anything to add guys before we uh sail off into the sunset and spend last weekend's winnings nice. I
2: bet you are looking forward to Harry no game four points clear at the top you can you, you've got, you're giving it one of them the cigars are out aren't they
1: well, we've got a know. Europa League game, haven't we? That was cancelled. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, no league like game. On like Thursday. we said
0: there, you know, it gives us something to do. It's like like you got nothing, <laughs> nothing to do. You no, know, there's nothing to do. Just sit around, do nothing. Well, I, probably <laughs> be the to do or something. So I'd rather watch the football. Yeah, yeah. I suppose football so. No, good? It's, it's been good. I mean, it's good. I, to, 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 I think the thing. I think, I think what happened at, and last week is a moral for everybody, isn't it? I mean, you, each week in football, you learn something and. And you can never write outstanding quality off, like Liverpool last week, won one nil And Seeley gets back-to-back sweeps and he rises up the table. So you can never, ever, ever rule out the cream rising to the top. I think that's what you've got to take from last week.
1: I think I'm going to cut that bit out (laughs) and uh, and we're going to, we're going to roll that on a future show for sure. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in as always. Make sure you're subscribed to the bet rivers network, YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. If that's your preferred way of taking in the content, make sure you follow the guys, their Twitter handles are in the description, but also be sure to follow the because We win handle because we win. Uh, The guys will keep you up to date with all the latest there as well. Uh, We'll be back very, very soon with more until next time. Thanks to the guys. Thanks to you. And we'll catch you soon. All the best. Thanks for listening to betting weekly English premier league on the bet rivers network.